Hello. Oh, there we go. All right. It's just really <laughs> quiet for some reason. It's really hard to hear through my headphones. Anyhow. Yours is quiet and ours is loud. I know, right? Anyhow, welcome everybody to this Sunday edition, August 11th of BB Nation Radio. I'm your host, J-Dub, coming at you live from the Cowboy Technology Studios right here in Oregon City, Oregon. And as always, joined in studio by my co-host, the lovely Miss Mariah. And my fellow U.S. Army veteran, outdoor expert, and my good buddy, John Toll, the Dapper Sapper. Here's Johnny. Stop rookie bitch. And last but not least, the man, the myth, the legend, behind the scenes, the voice of the great beyond, the high-tech redneck himself, good old Josh. The high-tech redneck. For those of you tuning in for the first time to BB Nation Radio, we are the webcast division of Backwoods Veterans Media. Backwoods Veterans is started by yours truly, a 21-year U.S. Army veteran, and the pages for all veterans and the craziness that we do and endure for fun. BB Nation Radio is our flagship weekly webcast where we bring the latest and greatest in current events affecting our country's veterans and the friends, families, and communities that surround them, and of course, shenanigans. So please remember to share the page as well as like and share the show tonight. Give us all the little emotion cons that you can, the little hearts, the laughs, the wows, whatever it may be. Stay away from that blue button. Use the rest of them. But yes, definitely share, share, share the show and help us get it out tonight. God, I'm on a freaking roll this evening. Yeah, you are. Anyhow, so be sure to check out also our main page over there at backwoodsvets.com where you can see all the latest and greatest of what's going on in BB Nation and get all your swag and see all the outstanding entertainment that we have to offer. So speaking of which, let's go ahead and get through our sponsors right quick. First off, want to give a shout out to Warrior Point, Warrior Point with an E.org. Be sure to go over and check those guys out today. Doesn't cost anything to join. They have outstanding resources for veterans and their families. You can reconnect with old battle buddies and, hey, make some new ones while you're at it. Doesn't cost anything. They have chapters in every state, so why not become part of the uncommon few? That's Warrior Point, Warrior Point with an E.org. Also, to our sponsor over at Eric's Armory and ericsarmory.com, whatever your shooting, reloading, and tactical needs may be, Eric's Armory has you covered, so please check them out. And, hey, if you need some and you can't get to their shop up there in Sandy, Oregon, hit up their website, and they do ship to your nearest FFL. That's Eric's Armory at ericsarmory.com. So, yes, hit them up and let them know that Backwoods Veterans sent you. And last but not least, Backwoods Veterans Media, because without them, hey, you wouldn't have this show right here. And I hear speakers going on in a background somewhere. It's John. It's got to be on John's end. Anyhow, so speaking of all the outstanding shows that we have to offer, be sure to check out all the outstanding entertainment between here at Vet Radio Syndicate as well as Backwoods Veterans Media, the recognized symbols of excellence in online veteran entertainment. All times are. Josh, I hate you. <laughs> you totally are welcome. Went... Oh my God, he totally threw me for a loop. Okay. So Josh decided to be cute and screw up the script because I usually I always read everything off at Eastern time. He decided he was going to be cute and change it all Pacific. <laughs> oh my God! So you, I guess you didn't read the script ahead of time. Not he he must have did this right before going on air. No, no. I, did, I did it like a half hour ago. I oh, read it, you? saw oh, it. I thought you saw <laughs> it. God. Anyhow, so starting things off on Monday, you got Threat Count Five Radio with Bulldog and Judy at four. Lunchbox Live at 6, 
And then on Tuesdays, you got the W.O. Radio Show with Goose and Richie the Redneck Pip at 3. And then following them, whenever they decide to make their triumphant return, you have Fenvest with Kateri and Cherie at 5. And then the Fence Line Country with yours truly over on the radio side at 7. Wednesdays, you got the VRS Bar with Minnie, George, Chris, and Kateri at 5. Again, these are all Pacific, not Eastern folks. Thank you, high tech. <laughs> Thursdays, you got the Warrior Wallet with George Pardos, a.k.a. Sorry, we're uh, having, supposedly we are having some problems with uh, our sound. Our sound? Yes, they say we are cutting in and out. Interesting. Yes, so I am looking into that right now to try to figure that out. So uh, I don't know. With- yeah, so it's with uh, Leroy Jenkins. That's right, That's Leroy cool. Jenkins at four p.m. on <sighs> Pacific. Anyhow, <laughs> Fridays you got yours truly once again on the radio side of the house at seven with Friday night debauchery, as some people have been. <laughs> yeah, what's getting... with that? I don't know, man. I mean, uh, I've heard it both ways pronounced. At least they're friendly, like, you know, using a schedule. So that's nice. Right? Yeah. Anyhow, and then, again, that's back over on the radio side. And then Saturdays are wide open. Wide, wide open. Why? Because we have, oh, my God, super mega, like, out of the park. Uh, I don't think you could fit any more into Sunday. <laughs> Kicking things off. Sunday's at noon. You have... Spearhead Shenanigans with our good buddy Goose over there on the radio side of the house. Followed by is 1700 somewhere at 2 p.m., which is actually 1700 on the East Coast. Th- thanks, Josh. Appreciate that one. <laughs> so with Ethan and Cameron. So and then also Sports Church with Mini, Pookie, Terrell, and Pops at 4. The Bear News at 6 and 8 p.m. Pacific. Rounding out your weekend, you have this right here. BB Nation Radio keeps buffering for me. I don't know what it is. It's, uh, I don't think it's you guys. I think it's... High Tech just went to go check something else out, so... I hope so. Bear with us while we try and figure it out, Right, so in the meantime, while he's figuring that out, uh, we're gonna... After the whole, like, throwing me for a complete loop with times... (laughs) Appreciate that, guys. Thanks. Uh, anyhow... Okay, so I keep seeing what you guys are talking about. It's weird because it's like my feed will be working, and then all of a sudden my screen over here, because I'm looking at the feed that you guys are seeing, and it keeps freezing, it'll buffer, and then things will come back. So it's not just you guys. We're we're seeing it too on this end for some reason. Don't know why that is. Anyhow, so roundtable right quick. John, what's going on with you, brother? How was your week? Uh... It was a week, I suppose, if you want to call it that, dealing with uh, flash flooding and thunderstorms that have just been ridiculous over here. Um, other than that, it's been kind of, a, kind of a normal week, actually, just working away and getting ready for a range day on this next Saturday. So, and uh, getting the new YouTube page up and running. Yes, I saw that you finally got that up and going. So it, yeah, it's it's it still needs some work. I'm working on some more videos to get up on there. Um, there's only one right now. More are coming in this coming week. It's just it's a slow process. Got to trying to 
make this thing a little bit different than our our other YouTube live video interruption. So uh, I uh, I just went and listened on uh, on my phone and which isn't connected to the same network or anything, and it's perfectly fine. Uh, so I'm not weird. sure what's going on, and I'm not showing anything. I think it's got to be Facebook side, then, so probably. Did no, I did not go. I went nowhere near them. Okay, nowhere near them. You didn't even like in the general direction. No, or, dude, okay. I was like. Yeah, we were out on the coast this okay. weekend. Well, so yeah, because we know what happens honestly, when you off the data center. And honestly, where I live, I don't drive anywhere near it anymore. I was so. going to say, John, was it you? Because I don't go anywhere near the Facebook data centers anymore. <laughs> yeah, Although I will it. say from Insider, because we provide their dark fiber from Ben Broadband for all of their networking needs, they have been having issues up the wazoo lately. Not on our side of the house, on their side of the house. So I, I did just see the uh, feed cut, yeah, uh, but not on the broadcast side. It's on the it's on the Facebook side. Yep. So it's Facebook that's having the issue. All right. Oh nice. man. Typical so, Facebook, right? Mariah, what about you? What's going on? What's uh, what's Lazy Grace? Oh, what you got goodness. burning on your chest? Um, not a whole lot for the week. It was a long work week. So nothing fun during the week happened, really. Um, Friday after work, I headed for the coast, um, Oregon coast, and to meet up with our sponsor, one of our sponsors, Eric from Eric's Armory and J-Dub. Mm-hmm. I had a great time down there. Um, I won't say what Eric was doing down there. I'm going to leave that for right now. But uh, J-Dub and I yesterday got to go to... How do you pronounce it, Jadeb? Fort. What, Fort Clatsop? Yes, Fort Clatsop, the Lewis and Clark Museum. That was cool to see. They were doing reenactments there and everything, so that was awesome to see. Um, drove around down at the coast for a while and hit up a couple different spots. Um, had an awesome lunch at Moe's, of course. <laughs> Um, other than that, hit the Tillamook Cheese Factory, which if you're ever in Oregon, you have some really good cheese. Mm-hmm. Hit up Tillamook Cheese Factory in Tillamook, Oregon. It's awesome. And they go through and show you the whole process of how the cheese is made. So that's kind of cool because you can see the facility where it's made and everything. We didn't do that part because we've done it before. Yeah. And then Numerous times. had a long drive home. Yeah. And it wasn't bad the first half of the drive. But the last half was and definitely moist. The last half, it was like, oh, it started raining. And all of a sudden, it's just like downpour. And it's like someone flipped a switch. Moist. And it was shut off. So I did scare Jade up with a little bit of my driving on the way home. Not, not, not bad. Too but horrible. I'd hit a big water puddle that was halfway into my oh lane. Oh, my God. And it scared the hell out of him. I was like, I'm sorry. I couldn't really avoid it because there's a car next to me. So oh, signal keeps cutting in and out. I've not, um, unfortunately, slept most of the day today because I wasn't feeling 100%. Gotcha, gotcha. So, but I'm here tonight with you guys. All righty. Well, Josh, I know you're busy over there, so you wants to come back to you then? Or? No, I'm, I'm good. Uh, so I actually headed out uh, 
Monday to uh, my favorite uh, camping and fishing place, Timothy yeah, you Lake. Yeah, Timothy Lake. You ain't gone all week, brother. I know. It was, uh, was kind of nice. It was kind of nice to uh, be disconnected and uh, not uh, not have to uh, you know get all the six million Facebook alerts that happened when I came back into service and you know, <laughs> all that right. stuff. But um, you know, it was great. We uh, you know we hit the lake uh, pretty much as soon as, as soon as we got there. Uh, you know, went out there, started swimming around. Had a uh, you know the you've seen those uh, paddle boards yeah. that they've gotten out there now. Yeah. So they make a like big flat like a dock sort of deal out of that same paddleboard material. Oh. Right. It, it's a little on the spendy side, but I'll tell you, you have that thing out there, and uh, you know you're out swimming and everything. You need to you know you know get up out of the water. Right. Super easy to uh, to get up onto and you know sit on and everything. You can walk across it, you know, because uh, you know it's like 15 pounds of pressure or something like that in it. Wow. And. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, that was a pretty neat deal that we uh, we had added out there this year. And, That's pretty uh, neat. That is pretty neat. How uh, neat is that? And of course, the crawdad man. <laughs> we uh, we caught uh, about three hundred and fifty crawdads. Um, m- most of those were were uh, actually I would say about half of those were in, in traps that we had out there, and uh, the other half were by hand. So, nice. Did anyone yeah. get pinched by them? Uh, my dad did. Yeah, it was. <laughs> There's like, always going to be one person. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was kind of funny, but um, we uh, clip, 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 clip. Yeah, we did uh, did a bunch of uh, uh, snorkeling and all that, and and uh, looking for lures, and we ended up actually finding uh, three or four crawdad traps that weren't tied, you know, to <laughs> anything, or you know, just falling off boats or whatever. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a really good time. We, well, it sounds had, like you got some new gear at least. Yeah, uh, well, my my brother did, but uh, <laughs> you know, you know how that goes. But uh, that's okay. He he organized the whole trip and everything he does every year, and, and uh, it's it's always a fantastic time. So we had, uh, I think we had a dozen campsites or something wow. like that up there, and you know, full every one of them full of people. So right on. Uh, yeah, real good times, real good times. Right on, yes. right on, brother. So, but yeah, no, it was. Uh, Regular week, except for Friday. You know, had to do with the, uh, unfortunately, had to do a pre-record for Friday night debauchery. So, as, as sad as it was to do. But, you know what? At least it wasn't like uh, Trigger Con week where didn't do one at all. No, we <laughs> I actually got one done and uh, had it posted for Friday night. So, that was always a good time with that one. Not not the same as actually doing it live, but at least we were still able to do something for our listeners. Uh, other than that, then, yeah, like Mariah started to say, met up with our sponsor, uh, Eric, the owner of Eric's Armory. So he and I took off and met up with uh, Mariah up there, up there at the coast and actually got the last tent site up there at Camp Rylea to stay at. So, cause I guess they were doing a bunch of ranges and everything else up there this weekend. So when I full. pulled in, you guys both had this look in your face, like, I don't like it here still. This is weird. <laughs> Well, no, it wasn't so much that we didn't like it. It was just kind of weird being back and not being in a, A, not being in a duty status, and B, neither of us had shaved. So we're both just kind of like, nah, whatever, watching everyone else kind of go through all their, you know, their drill routine. And both he and I are now retired, and we're just watching the whole, the whole masquerade go down and take place. And we're just giggling to ourselves like, hey, hey, hey. 
my DD214 keeps me safe and warm from that bullshit. <laughs> you know, we're good. So, no, we did that and then took him out, got him hooked up with our friends from over there, Warfighter Outfitters, to uh, go out and do some hog hog slaying out there in the uh, mouth of the Columbia River. So, and all the, everybody on the boat that went, he was the only one that real brought one home. So, congrats to him. Very nice size and everything. Absolutely. So it was. It was a. Uh, it was a good time. I do have to laugh about him having to clean it though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he did it. He did it. With yeah, he hope. did get it done. So he had to have a little guidance because it's been so long since he actually been out and gone salmon fishing. And uh, Mariah had to kind of show him the ropes on how to. I didn't get my hands dirty though. No. Uh. Uh-uh. There you go. I just stood there. You got cut here, here, but I didn't want to touch it because I didn't want to. Smell. Basically, she gave Eric a block of instructions on how to uh, how to clean out the salmon. Yep. <laughs> so, and uh, wound up making somebody else's day because nobody else wanted the eggs out of that thing. No. For Kieran, for making bait. Really? There yeah. wasn't. I will say overall, there wasn't that many eggs in this one. There was a some, but they weren't big clusters at all. Like one one small string or something there like that. There was two so. small strings, but they were maybe the diameter of a dime. And, like, one was maybe two inches, and the other one was three inches long. So, not a lot. <laughs> 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 Are you seeing the same comment I just saw there, there John? <clears throat> yeah, do you see the same one, Mickey Severson? The Facebook yep. glitch is another distraction from the Epstein hit. I mean, suicide. <laughs> but yes, Eric did clean it, so I hope he enjoys it. Exactly. He was. He said he was going to cook that thing up today when he got home, so, or after yeah. he got home. So. And by the way, Josh, I got to talk to you about something after. Because we got to go out to see Eric. Moist. Moist? Uh, Moist? Yeah. What do you want to talk about? No. Bring it on, people! Bring right? it on. <laughs> I let Eric borrow my cooler to take his fish home oh yeah and he's like are you sure i was like well yeah because then it gives us an excuse yeah, to go out there gives you a know, good reason to go up to the shop you know it's uh it's a very good reason matter of fact uh maybe next uh sunday morning we ought to trek out that way we'll have to see possibly possibly indeed so anyhow got uh so with that being said we got a couple events coming up first off on september 7th it's Saturday. Uh, we have out in Sherwood, or- Oregon, we have full auto fundraiser that's going on for uh, benefiting the Warfighter, Warfighter Outfitters organization. So they're going to have set very similar. For those of you that went out to the fully loaded 4x4, uh, that was hosted by Threat Dynamics out there as well as uh, Tactical Guardian. They will be out there again. They are hosting this event, but this one is for Warfighter Outfitters. Going to have the show and shine. Going to have the full auto shoot. There's going to be a few vendors out there. So, and again, we'll be out there as well. So, we got asked to help provide entertainment. And after talking with Dave from over there, Warfighter Outfitters, we uh, came to an agreement on that this last weekend. So, here yesterday. So, going to be awesome hanging out with those guys once again. And, yeah. So, we got that coming up. And then also, November 8th and 9th, out in Grain Valley, Missouri, which is just <laughs> east you. of KC Mo, Warrior Fest 2019 at the Whiskey Tango Saloon. So be sure to come out, check that out, hang out with us, as well as the folks from the Warrior Outdoors program. It's going to be an awesome time. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. 
So got, got a lot of great acts. Got two stages. Huge, huge dance floor. They got the mechanical bull. We're going to be doing a small pool tournament. And, I mean, a whole bunch of other stuff that's going to be going on. So, please, if you're in the area or in that part of the country, make it a point to go Stop to this your event. Feet and clap your hands with me. It's a celebration. Oh, yeah, there he goes. That KC Mo anthem. That one's for you there, Goose. So, come out and have a hell of a time with us. It's a two-day party. A lot of rock bands, hip-hop, country, rock. Uh, I mean, it's it going to have at least nine different comedians so far that they're going to have up on the, uh, between the two stages as well. It's going to be a great time. So that's November 8th and 9th. That's Veterans Day weekend, Friday and Saturday, out there at the uh, Whiskey Tango Saloon Excuse me, in Green Valley, Missouri. That is just east of Kansas City. Hey, real quick, I just wanted to uh, throw some shout-outs to everybody checking in out here. Uh, we got the uh, the taco maker, Miss Inga. hi We've got uh, Miss Waterfall. Uh, of course, the uh, the folks, Pam and Donkini, checking in. Miss mm-hmm. Katrina Stanley from uh, somewhere in the nether regions of John's living room. <laughs> uh, Ty Walls checking in. Uh, Dakota. Yes. T- Mr. Uh, Porter. Oh. And uh, Mr. G.I. Lowe. Oh, Pete's in there. Nice. He was. And Cletus. Dean Cerny. Which, speaking of good old Randy Cletus, he's going to be joining me in studio on Fence Line on Tuesday night as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he's going to be hanging out and stuff. So we got an announcement over there for some stuff coming up here later on this week. And Cletus is going to come in and help out with that so. nice uh we've got uh michael closhes nice i think i said that right mickey michael closhes yep mickey severson we mentioned a little bit earlier shane bomer just joined in a little bit ago mr jd constitutional overlord mesner hi and what's happening uh, brother yeah yeah we got a whole bunch of y'all michael closhes so. knows how i blame you good <laughs> Did you already mention Dean Cerny as well? I, I did mention Dean Cerny. Okay, Absolutely. just making wouldn't, sure. Wouldn't forget that guy. Uh, you can't. You know, he's Absolutely not. got Jade Lopez. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, did, I did see Jade in there earlier, but I didn't see a comment. Yep, That's she's cool. like, what the hell? The feed is killing me. Trust me, you're right there with us. Mickey Severson, dicks out for Harambe, worst babysitting job ever. Currently sweating my balls off. Know that struggle, brother. Know that struggle. But it hasn't been too bad over here, here lately, so... Anyhow, dude, it was not, it was actually pretty nice up on the mountain. It seriously was, yeah. The uh, the thunderstorms were something to look at, though. You know, that was actually the first time. Yeah, we did notice how you blamed us, Michael. But yeah, anyhow, that's that's not our fault. Talk to the Greek bear on that one, freaking Leroy Pardos, freaking he's the one that does the schedule. So, <laughs> anyhow, those East German men sure look like ladies. Yes, they do, or Greeks. You know, however, whichever one you want to look at. I mean. Six one half dozen or the other, but you know I mean yeah. Oh man, so anyhow, all right. With that being said, let's see what time we got. Oh, actually, we're shoot, we're still ahead of the clock. Well ahead of the clock. Hey, it's it's good to do every once in a while. That is very true. And actually, actually, this this clock is supposed to be at at that. 
Oh, okay, gotcha. You're, you're only a couple minutes ahead, actually. Okay, only two minutes ahead versus twelve. All right, Woo! yeah, it, we cool deal. We're did, good. Didn't redo the uh, the times there, so we good. <sighs> Anyhow, yeah, but some other people do other times. Anyhow, with that being said, let's go move to our outdoor segment with our good buddy, the Dappa Sappa. This outdoor segment is brought to you in part by Eric's Armory. And now, for your outdoor segment host... Here's Johnny. How neat is that? That's pretty neat. What is up, BV Nation? <clears throat> Grab your drinks, sit back in your chairs, and get ready for tonight's episode of The Outdoors. Um, so, for tonight on the outdoor segment we're going to be going over some bow hunting stuff this year and uh we had some viewer submissions that we're going to talk about too so uh, i'm super stoked that you guys uh sent some stuff in that you'd like to see featured on the show and uh keep them coming you guys really appreciate it but before we get started i want to throw a shout out to our sponsor eric's armory um please go check them out for any of your shooting tactical you know fun, happy bang switch, trigger pulling needs that you have, please go check them out. They will be happy to help you with whatever you're looking for. And if they don't have it, they can find it and they can get it to you. Like we said before, they can ship to you any dealer that has got a valid FFL. So please go check out their website at www.ericsarmory.com and check them out at Facebook at Eric's Armory and at their Instagram at, again, Eric's Armory. Um, and be on the lookout on our page for more videos from TriggerCon 2019 coming up. So with that, let's get into our first story. So our first story on deck is gonna, is one of our viewer submissions. A bear attacks sleeping teen at Southern Utah Campground. This comes to us from Fox 13, Salt Lake City. Um, thank you, Jade Lopez. Salt Lake City? Yeah. So thank you, Jade Lopez, for sending me this story. Um, and actually, she sent it to me uh, during Friday Night Debauchery. So, uh, you guys, send me, send me what you want to see on these shows, you know, or just in the emails. I will put them up here. If you guys want to hear about it or see a story done out of it, I will feature it. So with that, uh, let's get into this. Moab, Utah, which, you know, turning this into kind of an outdoor story. What did one of our NCOs that we love to death, Justin, always say? Well, actually, you never had him as a platoon sergeant. So Jesse, Mr. Jesse Washburn. Oh, he was my squad leader for a while. You would always tell us in range briefings, and don't mess with the wildlife. No. Like, I have videos of him. The way he said it is just awesome. Just don't mess with the wildlife. Although, granted, this uh, teen wasn't messing with the wildlife. But, uh don't mess with the wildlife, folks. So getting into the story, Moab, Utah. A 13-year-old boy was bitten by a bear early Friday morning near Moab, according to the Division of Wildlife Resources. At the Dewey Bridge campground along the Colorado River, DWR officials say the boy was bitten by a smaller bear just before 6 a.m. He sustained injuries to his right cheek and right ear. The boy was treated and released from Grand Junction, Colorado Hospital the same day. He said the bear was about his size. It is the, the division's policy to euthanize bears that do not demonstrate a fear of humans. D- 
DWR is working with the U.S. Department of Agricultural Wildlife Services to track and capture the bear. It was last seen heading toward the Colorado River, DWR said. And they have located bear tracks. They will use dogs and set traps in the area. The campground along the river has been closed and will have warning signs posted nearby. Wildlife officials will be there to warn rafters on the river who intend to land there. Officials did not say what type of bear it was or other details of the attack, such as if the camper had food in or near the tent. For bear safety tips, please visit DWR website. So, yeah. Um, so kind of making a public service announcement about this too in the same breath. I, I, I hope this kid is okay, and I hope that he makes a speedy recovery. It doesn't sound like he got mauled too badly. But, uh, you know, when you're out in the, the backcountry, definitely practice good, you know, wildlife safety practices, you know, especially if you're traveling in bear country, you know, um, especially if you're traveling in grizzly bear country. Like, they, grizzly bear don't give a F. They, they'll tear you out of your tent and eat you. Um, just don't have food in your tent, stuff like that. Practice good camping etiquette. Keep your food away from camp if you're in the backcountry and in bear country, and don't mess with the wildlife. What do you guys think, Justin? Sorry, we're just we're having an issue here in the studio. So, we're trying to figure out. Yeah, the Facebook feed apparently is uh, looping. Yeah, it's it's kicking back and looping to us, so. Uh, yeah. Hang on here. I'm going to try refresh it real quick. So, sorry about the, the issues, folks. For some reason, yeah, it's just... Facebook yeah. sucks. Yeah, it looks, like, it looks like Facebook's stuck in a loop right now. Awesome. Of course, so, it has to be during our show. Yeah, so I can... Uh, yeah, as I say, we well, can... Well, we're half hour into it. I understand, but if it's just looping, then it's just looping and... that doesn't do anybody any good, does it? No, it does not. So uh, I'm going to cut the feed and uh, start it back up. So. All right. And we're, but our YouTube viewers and our podcast viewers are going to continue to listen to us straight across while we take oh. care of this little problem. So we are actually still recording... Uh, on our off stream, oh. our, uh, our other feed. There we go. Yeah. Cool. So, just so you know. Well, then I guess, uh, what do we do? Just keep going then? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, for the moment, uh, yeah, it's it's coming back up. So it'll be just uh, just a few moments. You know, Mariah could entertain us. Oh, it says we're live again, apparently. Well, along with what well, yes, John was I, saying, uh, was the bear attack and everything. And Who knows what he was trying to, if he's egging the bear on, or if it's just a young cub that didn't know any better, or what. Yeah. Could be numerous things. Who knows? But hey, it looks like it's uh, catching back up. Is it working? Well, so well, far, I, so good. Yeah, it looks like it uh, switched over and all that here. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, let's uh, share it out. Share, share, share. Get it out. Help us out. <laughs> so, because apparently, yeah, that first loop was doing just that. It was being 
A loop did a loop did a loop did a loop. No, so, we'll, we'll give it a minute. Anyway, John, you, you should be able to go ahead and continue on here. Let me uh, kick back to you there. Right. I'm just kind of thinking, just wait for more people to get back on. Um, we've got 12 people in, so uh, I think all we're right. All right. So, um, kind of debating on whether or not I should read the article again. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Since it was stuck on a loop, go for it. Okay. So, um, we're going to. Go over for those of you that didn't hear the article or did hear it. We're going to go over it again just because Facebook was on loop. We apologize for that. So this first uh, story comes to us for actually from a viewer, um, one of our top viewers, Miss Jade Lopez. She uh, sent this over to me while we were while I was in the feed for um, Friday Night Debauchery. Um, so thank you, Jade. If any of our other viewers want to send stories in that they want to see featured or made as part of the outdoor segment, please send them my way. You never know. I'm probably going to put them up. So anyways, this story comes to us from Fox 13, Salt Lake City, Moab, Utah. A 13-year-old boy was bitten by a bear early Friday morning near Moab, according to the Division of Wildlife Resources. At the Dewey Bridge campground along the Colorado River, DWR officials say the boy was bitten by a smaller bear just before 6 a.m. He sustained injuries to his right cheek and right ear. The boy was treated and released from Grand Junction, Colorado Hospital the same day he said the bear is about his size so about the same size as a 13 year old boy it's not a tremendously big bear um it is the division's policy to euthanize bears that do not demonstrate a fear of humans dwr is working with the u.s department of agriculture wildlife services to track and capture the bear it was last seen heading toward the colorado river dwr said and they have located bear tracks. They will use dogs and set traps in the area. The campground along the river has been closed and will have warning signs posted nearby. Wildlife officials will be there to warn rafters on the river who intend to land there. Officials did not say what type of bear it was or other details of the attack, such as if the camper had food in or near their tent. Humping bears. Humping bears. I was just gonna ask, were they humping bears? Were they humping bears? I, they, they may have been humping bears. But, I mean, this happened at 6 a.m. in the morning, so um, my guess is that, that this 13-year-old was probably asleep, and he probably did have food in his tent, and the bear came in looking for the food. Um, typically, from what I've seen, most bear attacks, generally speaking, at least when you're dealing with, like, black bears, non-grizzly-type bears, um, generally have to do with food being in a camper's tent or a backpacker's tent or something like that. If you're in the backcountry and in bear country, you should never have food in uh, no, here. Not, not even in your tent, in your campsite. It should be 500 feet away from your campsite and hoisted up a tree if that's possible or in a bear vault <clears throat> if you can pack one of those in. Like, say, if you're on a pack train with animals or if you've been on off-road vehicles, you need to get the food away from your camp because bears will come in and they will destroy your camp. And if you have it in your tent with you, they don't know the difference between you and your food. They, a grizzly bear will just eat you period. You're low man on the, <laughs> you're low man on the food chain at that point. So what do you guys think? Well, I, uh, that's what I think. You know, I, uh, 
I agree. I mean, you you have to do a certain amount to uh, you know protect your camp and and uh, you know you can't just leave you know food out and you know things out for you know for animals to to be attracted to and get into and all that. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully they weren't, um, you know, baiting the bear or doing anything like that. And it was just, uh, you know, run of the mill, you know, sort of interaction and, and, and accident and everything in this case. <laughs> Speaking of bears, he just wanted to pick a basket, right? Apparently the Greek bear just chimed in. I get blamed all the time for attacks and I was never there. <laughs> This guy's a gangster. His real name is Clarence. And his mom and dad have a real good marriage. True that. Ah, uh, Mr. Leroy Pardos. Yeah, you can never take too many precautions when you're out camping and there's wildlife around and everything with that, with bears or anything. Um, it's happened to my own family. We were out camping and a bear came into the campsite and opened the cooler. And No, that was J-Dub looking for a beer. Yeah. No, <laughs> no this is actual bear. Um Opened the cooler and got stuff out of it. Made a big mess of it and broke the cooler and all that. But always take precaution, no matter where you are. Even if you think you're not in bear country, you could be. Very much so. Always be on the high alert and take the necessary steps to prevent stuff like this. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, you know, black bears, generally speaking, you're going to see, from what I've seen at least, you're not going to see so much, you know, it's it's more rare for a fatal attack on a black bear. You know, they're more af- going to be after your food. Whereas if you're up in Alaska and you're dumb enough to have food in your tent, like you are literally playing Russian roulette at that point with Even the five dumpsters. out of six cylinders loaded. Yeah. Like, right. Even the dumpsters at almost all the campsites in Alaska have chain locks on them that you have to undo and redo every time because of bears. Yep. So even if, it's your, even if it's your trash in your campsite, they can go after it. Absolutely. So, so I, I wish this kid a speedy recovery. Hopefully they weren't doing anything super foolish. I mean, the article is very vague on that. Um, and like my good buddy and former platoons are Jesse Washburn would say, don't mess with the wildlife. Yes. Yeah, don't mess with the wildlife. That's bad <laughs> juju. Yeah. Bad, bad juju. So with that, um, does anybody have anything else they want to add to that? Or Not that one. I mean, you guys pretty much covered it all. Talk about, uh, you know, make sure that you keep uh, food put where it's supposed to be, your trash out, and uh, also make sure your cat holes are at least 100 yards out. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. Cletus. So we should send Portlanders to Alaska. Ah, I'm not saying a word on that one. Yeah. Nope. We have labeled as hate speech again. Again. I mean. So uh, with that, um, again, thank you, Miss Jade Lopez, for sending that article my way. Great article. And it has a good public service announcement attached to it. So um, that's awesome. And you guys, hunting season's right around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean uh, that you are going to run into an animal that will potentially make your place on the food chain lower. So just remember that. Um, but moving right along. So our next story, um, Josh, do we have the video for that? If you want to, here we go. 
Both seasons right around the corner, folks. Yeah, dude, this is awesome. Uh, Phil, play. Um, play. Yeah. Talk about up close and personal, man. That's a little too close. And, and whack. Got him. Perfect broadside vital hit. Could not be any. Maybe just a touch low, but it is perfect. Um, yes. So for those of you who don't know, I've been a... Uh, Pretty diehard boat hunter. Got him! Anyhow. Majority of my my hunting life. Um, unfortunately, because of injury reasons, I will not be able to bow hunt this year. I'm actually, I got a buyer interested in my bow today, finally. Um, but I will be rifle hunting for deer for the first time ever this year. Yeah, you know, I do just fine. You came over to the dark side. <laughs> I've hunted elk quite a bit. Um, and last couple times with J-Dub over there on the coast, um, this year we'll be doing the Western Cascade elk season, which is going to be pretty awesome. Um, but I figure we have a lot of viewers that like bow hunting and Justin asked about bow hunting last week. So I figure we go into a little bit of bow hunting this week. So yeah. with that, <clears throat> this article is about uh, improving your shot groups with your bow uh, preseason for opening day. So advanced archery practice to prep for opening day. Uh, there is a substantial difference between baseball sized 20 yard groups and paper plate sized 80 yard groups. Likewise, there's a huge difference between shooting your backyard bag target and taking aim at a mature buck or bull, especially when you've worked incredibly hard for the opportunity in front of you. Backyard practice is great, and everyone should do it all summer long, all year if possible, but do you ever stop and wonder if your backyard slinging is actually preparing you for hunting? I've concluded that, at least for me, it only keeps my my form sharp and confidence high. However, I do not feel deadly until I stack challenges against myself and continue placing arrows in kill zones. There are numerous ways to take your bow hunting practice to the next level. In this article, I'll discuss several advanced archery practice regimens that you can do before the fall season be- before the fall season begin opening. Uh, let's review. So, by the way, um, forgot to say it at the beginning. This is from uh, bowhunting.com. Um, this was posted July 11th. So a little bit older, but it's a good read. And these are actually pretty well-known techniques for improving your accuracy, aside from just slinging arrows in your backyard at 20 yards at a bag target or a foam block or right. strong arrows. Um, <clears throat> so the first thing that you can do is you can add pressure. Standing alone in your backyard with close family member or best friend is mini golf. There's no pressure to produce because you have nothing to prove. So, uh, so now get a group of several folks together and shoot a 3D course at a local archery club with extra sets of eyes comes pressure to prove yourself and somewhat replicates how you feel during a hunting situation. It kind of replicates that pressure, like this video clip of this massive bull walking up on the hunter. I guarantee you this hunter was just shaking. I would have been. <laughs> yeah. Right now, I would have been just... Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, adding pressure definitely can help. You want to prepare yourself for that because 
I will say one of the big differences between bow hunting and rifle hunting is bow hunting, you're a hell of a lot closer. And it's just... The adrenaline spike is incredible. Oh, it's through the roof. When you're face-to-face with a bull, a monster bull like that, or even just your standard buck, it's the purest form of hunting adrenaline. I mean, you're, you're 20 yards away... 60 at max, you know, from the animal that you're going to kill and you, you're putting a lot of work into it. So you should be practicing to prepare for that kind of pressure. Um, having experienced both the rush of shoot or you can turn pressure up by notching up shooting competitive archery during a visit with decorated archer and bow hunter, Randy Ulmer. He said that competitive archery closely resembles bow hunting um, shot opportunity. Having experienced both the rush of shooting competitively is is so similar to shooting at a trophy animal, Ulmer conveyed. The only real difference is that with an animal, you must determine if you have an ethical shot and you must study the animal's demeanor to determine when to shoot. That is absolutely true. And this guy in this video, <laughs> props to him, he had his self under control to the point where he sent an arrow straight through the money shot. Like, Funny you should mention money shot because Clidia Seas just made a comment that shaking was the orgasm. It's like, but, oh yeah, <laughs> George, when he let that arrow fly, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh I guarantee you, I probably would have not if I had let that arrow fly and it zapped that bull oh, right there, right, right down maker. I would have been like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that bull ain't going very far. Just saying. Um, the next thing you can do is add adrenaline. <clears throat> this step is similar to the previous one, but let's think of it as physical pressure. Get your ticker going by elevating your heart rate. I do this by sprinting 80 to 100 yards, picking up my bow and making good shot, making a good shot despite my spiked physical condition. Learn to control your breathing, which will somewhat steady your erratically bouncing sight pins. Practice good shot execution, all of the same shooting techniques you use on your backyard shooting techniques. And you'll find it difficult to do, but reaching the point where you make perfect shots with induced adrenaline will prepare you for hunting. That is absolutely true. And you can do that in your backyard if you have a big enough backyard. And one of the things that I like to do at my old place was we had our target set up and we'd have it marked out at 10 yard increments, basically all the way out right. to like <clears throat> maybe not a hundred because realistically where I live, you're not going to be taking shots at a hundred. That's not with a bow. (laughs) There's areas that it could be feasible, but the likelihood of you finding an animal out there is not going to happen. So you like we set it out to 80 and I will do that sprinting technique. I'll go between the different marks and I'll actually shoot one from 20 sprint to like the 40 or the 60 and then shoot another one and then back to the 10 or say like the 15, you know, or an in-between distance where I have to kind of range on my sight pins and make a guesstimate of where I'm going to shoot to, you know, just hone that ability to stabilize my heart rate, stabilize my breathing, stabilize my bow with that elevated heart rate. It's a very good skill to practice. Um, The next thing you can do is add terrain. Residing in the Midwest, I've never taken my bow hunting practice to mountain elevations until last year. When my wife and I joined some other industry folks to tour the oh, 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 oh. backpacks facility in Bozeman, yeah, I'm guessing they had a suck fest. 
<laughs> following the tour, we traveled south to Big Sky, Montana, where we all shot the Total Archery Challenge, which if you guys haven't looked this up, I highly suggest looking it up if you're an aspiring bow hunter. Um, and if you go do this course, it's going to kick your ass, I promise. Um, it tested all the categories I'm covering in this article. I highly suggest ex- attending one if you haven't previously. It's the best hunting practice I've ever done. So much changes when you get into the type of terrain you'll be hunting. Big sky terrain is quite similar to where I hunt elk, and targets were positioned for hunting realistic shots, including steep inclines and declines. Not only were the shots difficult, but hoofing it between targets was similar to chasing elk. It simulated a typical mountain hunt very well and tested my skills to the maximum level. Best of all, I left the course feeling deadly and ready for 2018 elk hunt because I shot quite well. The total archery challenge doesn't, if the total archery challenge doesn't visit your city, do your best to challenge yourself by taking your backyard deer targets to a terrain rich environment and testing your skills against inclined and declined shots. You'll learn very quickly if you're truly ready for fall. Um, this is something I've never done. Actually, I've never introduced elevation into like, um, the sighting in regimen for the end, you know, the last couple months of summer. Um, it's something that I could see definitely getting into, especially once I get my shoulder fixed. Um, but I, yeah, it's not always feasible that, 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 I mean, that would take a lot of time to get out in the woods and do that. Um, but I could see the, the benefit to it. And then, the final thing in this is add consequences. Little can go wrong in the backyard on a 20 yard deer target. Put yourself in situations where missing will cost you something. Maybe it's failure in front of bystanders, like I mentioned in the first step. You schwack the old lady's cat. <laughs> yeah. hey. Maybe it's sending an expensive arrow out into a pond or into a tree beyond the target. That's like that's my biggest fear doing preseason practices. The, the arrows that I run, my gold tip 340 spine arrows are, they're not cheap. No, <laughs> we're talking no, like they're not. $85 for a half dozen. Um, it's they're definitely they more expensive than bullets because they're, they're meant to be reshot. <laughs> you know, um, that is definitely a good thing to do. It, it will increase your accuracy because the last thing you want to do is lose one of your arrows. Um, <laughs> Dean Especially you practicing with broadheads. I'm sorry. I'm reading the comments that you're reading and responding to comments as you're going along. And Dean Cerny says, if you shoot an animal with archery equipment and you aren't sh- shaking like a puppy, shitting a chicken bone, you need to sell your gear. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, these right here. So I, know. I, I brought it to the you show. Brought it out. hi Bring it out. So this is my setup, personally. This is my Martin Jaguar, which I outfitted with the Trophy Ridge React 5 pin sight and a nice little whisker biscuit setup. Whisker biscuit? Yeah, when they were talking about, you know, having consequences, this little guy right here, you should always be shooting your phone targets to begin with, with field points. But at some point, you're going to want to start switching on your phone target to the broadhead side because most of the newer targets have a broadhead side of the target that's meant to take these and not screw up your broadheads. Losing this, this broadhead alone is, 
I mean, that's money out of your pocket. That that's yeah. the consequence that they're talking about. Not just that, but losing this, the whole arrow itself. These carbon fiber gold tips are not cheap. No. And that's probably one of the best things that can make help your accuracy and help you shoot under pressure. Pressure is making it so that you have realistic consequences. Whether you shatter an arrow, break a broad tip, or lose the whole arrow completely, you know that will make you a better shooter because that puts real fear and real consequences to missing your target. Um, I think that's probably one of the best things you can do is shoot under pressure with the possibility of having real-world consequences. To be fair. To be foul. So, um, and all these things you can do is it doesn't take much time and you can do in, in your backyard. If you have a big enough backyard or if you have the time or the ability to go out into the woods, you know, it a couple hours, you know, a couple hours a week, you know, you will increase your ability to be deadly during, during bow season. So, um, with that, that's the end of the article. Um, what do you got? What are you guys' thoughts? I know Justin, you've expressed interest in wanting to get into archery hunting. Yeah, uh, it's the last couple times that we went to Cabela's. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's one of the biggest things. I mean, now, what would you recommend as far as like maybe like some sort of starter setup per se? I I know when from what you and I have talked about it, and I'm sorry, I love that video, dude. This guy keep keep it playing on a loop. Yeah, go let it play. Uh, but I know we've talked about, you know, there's different setups for different types of animals that you're hunting for. Uh, you know, it all boils down to, you know, with the calibration and everything else of the cams and all that stuff. I mean, what would a good, just a basic, basic setup for somebody for a first timer to use if they, if this is something that they want to get into? Well, so that's the thing. So with, with bow hunting and getting set up with your first bow is not it's kind of like what I've said about snowboarding. It's not something that I'm going to, I'm really comfortable teaching um, because I know it works for me. I don't really remember what I started bow hunting with. That, that was <laughs> that was years and years and years ago. Um, the best advice I can give is go to your local archery shop, honestly. And most of the time, like even at Cabela's or at Sportsman's Warehouse or Bass Pro Shops, the archery staff there love talking to first timers because they have a passion for the the, the hunting sport. Um, the big thing is you need to you need to get measured because um, you need to measure your draw. You do not want a bow that has too short of a draw for your actual draw or too long of a draw for your actual draw. Um, you won't shoot accurately and you won't be comfortable shooting. You won't be comfortable holding your bow at full draw. Um, you also need to know things like depending on the draw is going to depend on what spine. So these are 340 spine arrows. Um, it's going to depend on what spine and what length your arrows are cut to because there's not a one size fits all arrow right. uh, for a compound bow. They're cut to the length of your draw. So these arrows are actually specific to my draw. They're, they're a hundred percent specific to my draw. Um, and then the three, four, then they they come in different weights too, and they have different flight characteristics, different different fletchings, different knocks on them. Um, it all depends on what your skill level is. If you're getting right into it, there's no reason to go all out because you haven't learned your your specific shooting stance yet. Um, you haven't learned your grip and you know what you're comfortable with with the bow. And I will say, the best thing you can do though is 
do not finger release with bow anymore. If you're shooting compound, if you're shooting recurve for hunting, uh, finger release is fine because there's no let off. But like my bow has an almost 80% let off on it. I can hold it there with my pinky at full draw, which is if your finger firing is effing scary because um, yeah. you don't know when it's going to break. So get a quick release and get a knock or a quick release knock for your bowstring. Um, that's what I to, that's what I run and always have run. Um, but the biggest thing I can say is just talk to your local archery shop or go to Sportsman's Warehouse and talk to the archery shop there or at Cabela's. They love getting first-timers set up. And you, just remember, you don't need something stupidly expensive. You don't need the top of the line right away. And nowadays, compound bows are like AR-15s. They're infinitely customizable. Right. My bow is actually a pretty middle-of-the-ground you know, I wouldn't say entry level bow to start with, but it's a middle of the ground bow. Um, it's not something extravagant. It is now because of what I put on it, because that's specific to my specific style of hunting and shooting with the bow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of the best advice that I can give on that. Honestly. Gotcha. Then once you get comfortable with your basic setup, that's when you can take it from there and kind of figure out what you want to do with it. All right. So Dakota chimes in, Dakota Potter. He says short draw will length or short draw length will cause a bow to wobble when fired and give you some serious wrist slap. And oh, yeah. he also okay. put in quotations release loop. <laughs> Whatever. So hey, uh, Mr. Uh, Chipotle. Yeah. Go go eat at the dirty biscuit, Dakota. Right right there with the Cherokee Indians. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyhow, so, but no, that, that was what I was inquiring on that one, at least as far as for the show goes. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, any if any of you guys are aspiring bow hunters, I'm happy to talk to you guys about anything you want to know about bow hunting. I Like I said, I'm not doing it this year, and I might take a, be, be taking a break from it for quite a while with my because of my shoulder. Um, I can't draw my bow right now, which really pisses me off. Right. Uh, <clears throat> but... You know, I still love the sport, and I would love to get back into it at some point, but it's just not going to be feasible this year, obviously. So I'm going to rifle hunt deer this year and probably get into it a little bit more and maybe alternate seasons once I get my shoulder fixed. There you go. Mariah, you look like you have something to say. Well, with any sport, whether it's bow hunting or horseback riding or anything like that, it doesn't have to do with hunting, but bow hunting is a sport, I believe. And practice, 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 practice. That's what's going to make you better is put the time in and practice. Absolutely. And this this article right here, which of course the art the article link is going to or is going to be in the links, right? Uh we can, yeah. Well, yeah, if we can, let's put that up for anybody cuz it seems like there's quite a few people that are interested in this. Um these these archery practice techniques will help you become a better shooter. I know I can tell you from personal experience at least you know, sprinting back and forth between different known distance settings will help you become a better shooter. It will help you determine on the fly very quickly if you set a timer for yourself to run to a next known distance, stop, turn, draw an arrow, and fire. It will, or knock an arrow and fire. It will <clears throat> help you to be a more... Um, more, more precise shooter under stressful and, you know, 
increased elevated heart rate situations. So um, this this article is pretty good reading on that. And with that, I think that's about all I have. <laughs> Jade, please come down. You're both pretty. Uh, looks like uh, Michael Schlosser and uh, Dean Cerny are going back and forth <laughs> in the comments. So Dakota was like, well, crossbow's the way to go now for you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I'd be just, all fine and dandy yeah. if uh, they were legal to use here in Oregon. Yeah, they're not legal to use here in Oregon, bud. Boo. So, so. I can't get that video, though. Like, that's like a dream scenario. Right? That is no lie. It doesn't matter if you're a rifle hunter or a bow hunter. That To have something like that happen, that's... Oh, but just for... <laughs> Just from, a going. Hunting, just from a bow hunting point of view, that is just, oh. and I think it's crazy. Like that, that bull's got some muscle mass to him because that is a short shot and he did not send that arrow on a pass through. Yeah. It didn't go all the way through. It, it just it it, sunk all the way up to the fletching. So you got to think about that. There's that much stuck <laughs> that in much that bull inside that bull. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't going very far. No, he ain't going far at all. So that's, that's a awesome. Health shot, but exactly. and I think with that because of the loop issue on Facebook, uh, I think we'll. I'll, I'm going to cut out the last segment that we we're going to talk about unless we're not up against the clock. Uh, we're yeah. a little bit over right now, so but that's all okay. Right, we'll, we'll cut it. So again, guys, thanks for watching the outdoor segment. Um, please go check out our sponsor, Eric's Armory at airsarmory.com. Please go check them out as far as your tactical shooting sports and rifle hunting needs for that matter. That's where I got my hunting rifle for this season. And it's, I can't wait to hopefully kill something with it. So uh, please go check them out. They'll hook you up with whatever you need. And with that, if again, send me your stories because I will feature them on the show. So with that, I'm going to hand it back to Jado. And uh, we'll go from there. All Well, thank you very much, good sir. Do appreciate it. So, with that being said, we'll go ahead and move into our next segment, known as Signs and Headlines. Hit it, good sir. Leroy Jenkins. It's time for Signs and Headlines Fails right here on BB Nation Radio. This is the best thing I fucking heard all day. So this first one, move the deer crossing to where there's less traffic. A lot of deer get hit by cars west of Crown Point on U.S. That's my only answer to this. Tim Abbott out of Crown Point. Well, Tim Abbott, you, good sir, are dumb, dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. Almost dummy of the week, dumb. But that's the size of point. So. He's a dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> dum dum one gum gum. Right. All right. What we got next, Josh? Wendy's beat diabetes by five junior frosties for a buck. Diabetes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bruh. What? Diabetes. <laughs> she asked her to D, so I gave her diabetes. I mean, what? <laughs> Five junior Frosties worth of diabetes for a buck. Do not enter entrance only. I feel like I've seen this sign. Okay. I feel like I've seen this. Yeah, and not on here. No. Just in reality. Yeah, no, in reality somewhere. (laughs) It wouldn't surprise me. 
That must be up at like a... It's probably on the road into Prineville. Or I was going to say the VA clinic out in Hillsboro. I don't know. Yeah. Be my guess. Just Definitely not Prineville. Driving essentials. Beer, soda, ice. I, I can work with that. Well, they, they do have, have those drive through liquor stores now that... Yeah. Oh, the drive through liquor store has been around well, for a while. They've been around for a while, but like, you know, they do have the drive through liquor stores. Just saying. All right. Just saying, but to me that just it's that just trap. screams it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah, it's really trap. As you uh, see the stand sitting right around the corner. Oh ladies. Um I think it's a duplicate. Oh, it might be. I don't know. I think that's a duplicate. I'm pretty sure we saw that one. <laughs> Either way, yeah, Lick Willie's family pool hall. All right. That thing get a bit uh, I mean, I'm not no. saying it shouldn't be a thing, but no. Know. Gets kinda awkward though, really, if you think about it, especially with a family pool hall. Mm-hmm. I don't I know. Hey, maybe that's how families are created. I mean, I think that's think- a trap too. It's a trap. Yeah, a trap for freaking It's a trap. Yeah. Depend a trap. Mum's perfect Christmas gift. Children find mum dead at home. This just sounds like all sorts of, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Fuck you. What the fuck? I, that's about the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Oral buffet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Josh is already shaking his head like, Hey, I like how you're trying to make eye contact with J-Dub Some place called Poontang, you been there? Shit, I liked it. Hell, I ordered it. I ordered it. (laughs) You want Poontang, good choice, cowboy. Cool story, bro. Exactly. All right, moving on to the next one. Hope I got my ticket. Please have ticket or ass ready. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to know what mountain this is. Placement, on. people. Placement. <laughs> uh, obviously at a ski resort. Must be bachelor. Run. That's <laughs> all I can say is run. Uh, yeah. Freaking get off that damn freaking lift and go. Cold. Oh. All right. The class on prophecy has been canceled due to unforeseen circumstances. Oh, the irony of this sign. <laughs> irony is, yeah. Go on. Um, right, you got something you were going to yeah. say? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so many things can be said, but. Well, say it. So say one of those so many things. And yeah. go. No. <laughs> go on. And then next, go on. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we haven't seen Christ's creepy yeah. voice. Nobody gives a shit. It's fucking embarrassing. All right, woman runs herself over. Voice. Mariah, you care to explain? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have questions on this. How do you run yourself over? What do you do? Like, get the car rolling and then you just, like... You jump just, out and slide under it? Yeah, you shut the door, run and freaking jump in front of the car while it's rolling somehow, some way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's yeah, starting to sound like to me. So, 
Yeah, I'm with you, Dakota. Moving right along. Uh-huh. All right, next one. You're trying. Oh, that's it. So that's we only had a few this week, so. Oh. But the fact that we're pressed up against the clock kind of figures oh. out a little bit, too. So anyhow, so with that being said, thank you for enjoying this week's edition of Signs and Headlines. Um, it was a woman driving, not that hard to imagine. <laughs> Shit, really? Damn. Oh. Dakota must not be around his wife at the moment. He must not. He must not be at all. So, Dakota, where are you at, son? <laughs> Obviously not at home. <laughs> he must be on the road somewhere. <laughs> Jade just says, bruh. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> all right. Dakota, well, all I can say to that is I'm the one that drove all weekend. So, uh, and, and JW's riding that? home with a woman. Go so, on. Yeah. JW, better watch out, evidently. And then. I mean, I just. Give your balls a tug, you Ted fucker. Anyhow, so, moving along. Dakota <laughs> 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 says he's pooping. <laughs> See, that's why. That's why he can get away with saying these things. It's probably the only quietness he gets from the kid and his wife. His was making the rumblies that only hands would satisfy. <laughs> Is it a moist poop? John. Forget it, Donnie. You're out of your element. <laughs> oh my God! And with that being said, Just stop it, Tom. Just stop, stop it. it. Nobody <laughs> likes you, Tom. Stop it. <laughs> I'm going to hide now. Uh, anyhow, with that being said, what do you say we go ahead and jump in to the news? Sure. Start. Point of order. Point of order. Did you did you say sir right? Sorry, I and was then, yes. And then SG responded. Yeah. So I was reading so was it really else. a woman driving around? Was it really a woman driving around, or was it a dude? Uh, uh, I, I'm just wondering. I was reading totally something else, and I responded out loud rather than hitting my edit. <laughs> my bad. Go ahead, Jacob. Yeah. With that being said, throwing it out there. All right. So. This first article comes to us out of American Military News, brought to you by the Walton Sun. Headline reads, World War II veteran gets Purple Heart replacement. I mean, I've heard of people getting heart transplants. But, <laughs> you know. but no, this is more of, a, this is more of a, uh, a a pleasant story for once. Oh, well, that's good. Versus all the other this, crap that this we This has have. happened a couple times. I think we've had a couple reports of uh, this kind of thing. I don't know if it was World War II or not. I think Vietnam. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But anyhow, so when Clara Beth LaFollette, LaFollette, or however you pronounce her last name, I apologize for slaughtering it, and Gretchen Erickson left Philip Hooper's home on that July day, they knew that they had to do something. Hooper, 95, is a World War II veteran who saw action in landmark struggles, including D-Day, Battle of the Bulge in Operation Market Garden as part of the Army's 101st Airborne Division's 327th Glider Infantry Regiment, then a staff sergeant, Hooper earned the Purple Heart after being wounded by German artillery fire on January 16, 1945, in Bastogne, Belgium. 
Sadly, though, in the intervening years, he lost track of the Purple Heart and the other awards and decorations he'd earned during the war. His loss came to light as La Follette, a rising senior at <laughs> Niceville High School, interviewed him for the Veterans Heritage Project, a nonprofit initiative to link young people with the veterans to preserve their stories. La Follette's interview with Hooper will become part of an upcoming volume of veterans interviews produced by the Veterans Heritage Project. When La Follette asked during the interview to see Hooper's medals, Hooper had to say that he no longer had them. Walking out of the American House Senior Living Facility after the interview, La Follette and Erickson, the Florida advocate for Veterans Heritage Project, were moved to action. Erickson got in touch with Bill Patterson of the local chapter of the Military Order of the Purple Heart. I didn't really know what would happen, La Follette said, but as things turned out, Patterson got the issue in front of the national headquarters of the Military Order of the Purple Heart, and it took less than a month for the organization to get a temporary replacement medal for Hooper and to have his name inscribed on the Roll of Honor at the National Purple Heart Hall of Honor in upstate New York. Never in our wildest imagination did we think it would go so quickly, Erickson said. The effort to get Hooper's Purple Heart was kept secret from him until Thursday's meeting of the Crispy Warriors, a group of local veterans who meet for breakfast each week at Cracking's Restaurant in Destin. The group takes its name from the fact that all of its members like their bacon to be crispy. Hey, at least they all like bacon, right? America. America. So Erickson got Hooper to the meeting with a bit of subterfuge. I told Phil there is this great group of guys America. At America that you have to meet, she said Thursday. And it wasn't until Patterson called Hooper to the front of the room and opened a box containing the medal that Hooper suspe uh, suspected anything. He said, I want to thank everybody here, Hooper said. And in quiet voices, Erickson and LaFollette stood nearby. I had no idea coming here this morning that this was going to take place. It is truly emotional to see how much it means to him. LaFollette said, after Hooper received the medal, calling the morning a truly great experience. Like most World War II veterans, Hooper downplays his role in that crucial conflict. He was slightly bemused when recalling a recent trip to the National World War II Museum in New Orleans, where other patrons learned he was a veteran of the war. My arm was just about shaken off, he said with a bewildered smile. His perspective, Hooper said, is, I was there, and so what? Hooper did, though, relate a brief story. Thursday, from his wartime experiences, recalling being caught in an open field with other soldiers as German artillery began raining down. Hooper hit the ground and pressed so tightly to it, he said that I pushed a foxhole in. The Purple Heart uh, presented to Hooper on Thursday was based on an unofficial review of his DD-214. And among other things, the DD-214 lists medals and other decorations presented to the service member. So, yeah, and just talks a little bit more about, uh, says, in addition to the Purple Heart, Hooper earned the Bronze Star for Meritorious Service, the Combat Infantryman's Badge, Glider Infantryman's Badge, Good Conduct Medal, World War II Victory Medal, European, African, Middle Eastern Campaign Medal, and Distinguished Unit Citation. He said, one of the greatest privileges I have, oh, yeah, it's a representative that helped out with it, but yeah. Anyhow, so yeah. So kudos to that guy for how neat is that? That's pretty neat. That is pretty neat. Dude, that so, guy's an American badass. He is. He fought in every major campaign in Europe, pretty much. Well, in World War II minus the Pacific. Well, I am saying in Europe. Oh like, yeah, the, European, the theater. European theater. That's what I'm saying. So I mean that you know, 
meeting guys like that, you know, just makes you, where's that? Oh, dang that. Just kind of makes you want to jump up and, and now my computer's freezing. Awesome. Great. There we go. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. So it makes you want to say, here you go, good sir. We will partake. So meeting guys like that. Am I that. supposed to drink? Sorry. Oh, you can if you like. I'm just saying that that's one of the things that you want to do with somebody like that. Sit back, crack over the cold one with them, and just swap word stories back and forth. Not even so much as swapping, but just listening. You know, World War II generation, they're, you know, they're dropping like flies now. You know, what was it here? About a year ago, they were estimated to be about a little over 500,000 left. Now they're down about 300,000, losing about 1,500 a day uh, was the last report I heard. So... You know, if you meet one of these veterans and you have a chance to sit down and talk with them, take the time and just visit with them, listen to their experiences, you know, if they're willing to talk about it and, you know, thank them for what they did. Because what those guys did, they helped pave the way for, you know, for guys like us that try to continue carrying the torch. And that would not be possible without them because, hey, who knows? Uh, without those guys, we you speak in either German or Japanese. Take your pick. So, but yeah. So anyhow, next. Oh, art- nice. <laughs> oh my god! That's racist. Yep, there it is. So North Carolina school reinstates dean demoted to gym teacher after being called to active duty in the army. Uh, yeah, yeah, about How- that one. How do you <laughs> demote the... Hmm. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that. So, yeah. Warren, yeah. U.S. Oh. Department of... What's that, John? Go ahead. No. I'm gonna... Go ahead. All <laughs> right. U.S. Department of Justice officials say the Warren County Schools have agreed to reinstate military reservist as dean of students at Warren County Middle School. By the way, this is out of Georgia. So the decision settled a lawsuit the Justice Department filed on behalf of U.S. Army Command Sergeant Major Dwayne Coffer, alleging that school district officials had illegally taken away Coffer's job in the summer of 2017 while he was on active duty in the reserves. It's the second time federal lawyers have sued Warren County schools over its treatment of Coffer, and the second time district officials have settled the matter out of court. Hmm, uh, are you sure this isn't the dummy of the week story here? Because that sounds pretty stupid. I know, right? Oh, oh, dummy of the week. It's even better. So anyhow, <laughs> it's only the second time we're in, uh, coffer and second time district officials have settled the matter out of court. Similar issues surfaced in 2012. Members of our reserves are often called away from their civilian jobs in order to provide the security of our, oh, security our nation depends on, said Robert Higgin, U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of North Carolina. These ser- citizen service members should never face losing their jobs or be forced to accept an inferior position when they answer that call. Issued Thursday by Justice Department officials in Washington, D.C., the announcement also said that out-of-court settlement requires the school system to give Coffer back pay and pension benefits for the time he should have been serving in the Dean of Students Post. Filed in April, the lawsuit 
Well, the latest lawsuit alleges that Warren school officials telephoned Coffer while he was away on active duty and notified him that the school board had eliminated his job. <laughs> they offered to keep him on as a gym teacher at the Northside K K through eight school, a job that not only was a demo, uh, demotative one, but he didn't have any recent or Warren County experience of doing. Coffer inquired about administrative openings, but was told it was too late for him to apply for the ones that were open in the summer of 2017. Coffer filed a complaint with the U.S. Department of Labor, which investigated and made a point of telling former superintendent Ray Spain that the reservist wanted his job back. After reinstatement of the offer of an equivalent position did materialize. Oh, after reinstatement or the offer of an equivalent position did materialize, the Labor Department referred the matter to the Justice Department, which took it to federal court. In the process, a note of the settlement of the previous 2012 lawsuit against the school system had barred it from taking action against any person, including but not limited to Coffer, that constitutes retaliation or interference under the Uniformed Services Employment and Reemployment Rights Act. Hmm. The 1994 statute signed into law by former President Bill Clinton safeguards the rights of uniformed service members to return to their civilian employment following absence due to military service obligations and protect service members from discrimination on the basis of their military obligations, <clears throat> Justice Department's officials said in a Thursday news release. The 2012 lawsuit came about after Spain's administration ousted Coffer from an assistant principal's position at Warren County High School in 2008 after staff members expressed frustration at accommodating his military service during the school year. If this doesn't show what the education system is turning into, it says Spain had told the sergeant and a school board member that Coffer could choose whether to take military leave during the school year. Furthermore, Coffer was a target of criticism from another staff member at the high school, Carolyn Fawcett, who argued that if he was really concerned about the Warren County schools, he should do his military service on weekends, the Justice Department alleged in 2012. Wow. Both lawsuits know that Coffer's, oh, Coffer, in reporting for duty, was responding to orders from the Army. His active duty periods took him to Kuwait and Afghanistan in 2004-2005. Afghanistan was then and remains an active war zone. Fawcett, who's also worked for in the Vance County Schools, became principal of Warren County High in the summer of 2008 after the school board agreed with Spain that Coffer shouldn't receive a new contract. The settlement of the 2012 lawsuit, in addition to warning Warren officials not to do it again, required them to rehire Coffer as a lead teacher or site supervisor. Thursday's announcement came less than a month after Mary Young took over as superintendent of the Warren County Schools, replacing the now-retired Spain. At the federal level, support for the idea that active duty and reserve members of the military shouldn't face demotion or loss of employment for being called to duty is bipartisan and consistent. The current law builds on earlier versions dating back to at least 1968. The two lawsuits about Coffer's treatment play out during the presidencies of Barack Obama and Donald Trump. End of story. Thoughts? I'm Daniel. So, I mean, you know, we we have, we look down on on private industry so much, you know, and and say that they don't, you know, follow laws and they don't follow rules, regulations, and all that kind of stuff. And here you have a public entity, right? You have a school. 
There's yeah. a public entity that is blatantly not following the rules. Mm-hmm. Not once, but, but twice. twice. They were sued <laughs> for. Yeah. They were sued for already and Lost. were judged against and then did it again. Yeah. What the hell? I mean, That's what, what I said. This who, is... who is running this thing? Who is running the, this this well, district? Obviously, the the ring and superintendent of said district is now retired. Well, so after they... this latest one, yeah, and Usera is not something you want to as a no. civilian employer is not something you want to. No, no, no. I take the buzzer over that. I don't care. I've there are situations. <clears throat> isn't necessarily beneficial though and i can i can actually directly speak to that i've had issues with that when i work when i was working for the u.s Forest service so when you're working for two government entities sarah doesn't really know what to do with those situations when you deploy but you're also a federal employee that has has certain benchmarks that they have to make throughout the year to right. maintain their federal employment status and you sarah <laughs> That's a that's an interesting thing to get into when Usera comes back to you and says, "Well, we've never had to deal with this before. We don't really know how to proceed with it." It's like, right. Well, there's a shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a difference between the situation that you had to difference. go for. It. Yeah, it's a huge difference because this guy, I mean, he wasn't working two federal jobs. He was working. Granted, yes, they're both public. One right. was he was obviously an Army reservist, so he's got the Fed side on that one that got called into federal active duty. Right. And then he's also, you know, he works for the freaking school district at a very high level. And Absolutely. these guys were saying because of his service that they were going to, you know, they're just like, well, if you need to do this, well, you just need to keep it to, you know, you know, you're one week in a month or whatever. And here's the thing about it. That's a big misconception that a lot of people have at the reserves. You know, when you're at that junior enlisted level, that's fine. You can get away with that. And sometimes even at an E5 level, you can get away with that. Well, I just got to worry about my one weekend and my freaking AT or whatever else. Nowadays, not so much. Well, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I said some of the E5 level positions. Command Sergeant Major. Yeah. But, dude, when you're freaking E9, (laughs) yeah, you're not (laughs) just sitting there doing your one week in a month, two weeks during the year. You're, I don't know. (laughs) You're what? I've been suddenly had a drumstick, ice cream drumstick waved in front of my face. Yes, I will take one. Yeah. So I I gotta, I gotta interrupt this news article because I just read something funny, freaking hilarious in the comments. So apparently Dean Serby and Michael are having a dick measuring contest on hunting stories or stats, but Jade, uh, her comment pretty much takes the cake on this and she wins. Um, with the comment that says, and my dick's bigger than yours, and you're both still pretty. <laughs> yeah, I've been kind of watching that go back and forth on there. So Her her comment on that definitely wins. So, right. Guys, you might as well just call your war over right now because uh, both your points are invalid after that. Six one half does earn the other. So, anyhow, well, that concludes that article. Mariah, did you have any thoughts you want to put in on that one? them already nope you've covered them all righty well then with that being said who has the next one? Oh, that's right high tech you got this one wait 
High Tech's going to read a news yeah, story? How, how yeah. Did I High Tech up, has I a story. I don't know how I ended up with it. Because, <laughs> because one of my best friends lives in South Dakota. Yeah. Yep. That's why? That's why. Yeah. Wow. You, you can thank uh, you can thank uh, your good friends uh, that you just went and visited with. Uh, that and I gotta eat my ice cream anyhow, so go for it. Ice cream! I'm muting you. You make too much noise with your little crinkling wrapper over there. Alright, from military.com, Pentagon, Midwest balloon flights didn't spy on civilians. Sioux Falls, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. The military says recent high-altitude balloon flights over South Dakota and other Midwest states complied with federal laws against conducting surveillance on civilians. Pentagon spokesman Chris Mitchell says the two test flights that launched from Baltic, South Dakota, recently were part of a project to develop an all-weather radar imaging capability from the stratosphere. He says no tracking information was collected during those flights, and none will be collected on future flights. But the South Dakota chapter of the American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, those wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people, said Friday it still has many questions about the imagery and how it will be used. Policy Director Libby Scarin says the Pentagon statement seems to contradict filings. First reported from The Guardian, saying the balloons were meant to provide persistent surveillance to locate drug trafficking and homeland security threats. Huh. All righty then. Okay. Huh. So wherein lies the problem here? Because I mean, John, you can attest. These were you. You saw these bad boys all over overseas, all oh, yeah. over the place. I mean, those, those things kind of helped uh, keep our asses in one piece from uh, getting blown up per se well that and you know these things they, they provide immediate target coordinates for counter counter battery or for the haji hunters to go out and you know for qrf to go out and find the mortar team that decided to shoot crap at us over the wall you know exactly and the, the sky is amazing and these things can see for when i say miles i mean miles it's like <laughs> talking 50 plus miles in every direction exactly just kind of swivel the balloon around and they zoom in and they're like oh yeah there's hey, that, that. dumbass right there <laughs> yep exactly so i mean and the thing about it is they're not i really doubt that they're using them like in all god's honesty they're not spying on the local populace. No, they're not. No, they, they're, they're doing it for research. Take the foil hats off, people. Yeah, this it's is not a... aliens. It's flat out research. <laughs> That's it. Justin, hey, wait, hey, you have no idea what the NSA is doing. Do it, yes. <laughs> aliens. I'm not gonna That's... say it was aliens, but it, but was, it was aliens. aliens. Oh my god! Take the foil hats off, people. <laughs> Quit being Blue Falcon, all right? No one likes yeah. Blue Falcon. Stop freaking watching damn X Files in your mom's basement. Take the freaking tin foil hats off. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming. Coming for us all. Right? Just saying. Oh, my God. Well, thank you, High Tech, for that story. Do you appreciate it, brother? You're very welcome. So, all right. Well, this next one goes to uh, the sexy girlfriend, Miss Mariah. Thank you. 
This Indi- one's a goldie. Indiana man finds old military aircraft practice bomb in garage. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopsie! A Charleston man got a surprise this weekend when cleaning out his garage the day of the city-wide yard sale, he found an inactive military bomb. Parker Jones, who has owned the house on Main Street for about a year, said the previous owner had left a lot of things in the garage. He decided to clean it out, see what he could sell. As a yard sale finished last Saturday, Jones was cleaning under some shelves he had previously been not able to get to. Quote, under the shelf, there was a rusty kind of metal thing, he said. When I pulled it out all the way, that's when I thought, uh, it kind of looks suspicious. Wait, he pulled out all the way? (laughs) Jones called the Charleston police, who in turn contacted the Indiana State Police South Zone Explosive Ordnance Disposal Unit. They determined that what Jones had found was a... BDU-33 practice bomb used by U.S. Navy and Air Force pilots. Uh About two feet long and weighing about 25 pounds, the practice bombs are designed to release a cloud of smoke upon impact. However, they they do not contain live materials found in real bombs. You know, they could just, you know, contract with uh, Cheech or Chong if they wanted to get uh, real smoke, right? ISP Master Trooper Rick Stocksdale, who leads Explosive Disposal Unit, said finding such thing is not not a surprise, especially in the area. It's not uncommon, he said. We see a lot of this, especially when we have World War II and Korean vets at the age where they are dying. Their families are finding stuff. Police weren't certain at the age of the practice bomb, as they are still manufactured today. However, Stocksdale said it is more likely that it would have been from one of the older military conflicts. Conflicts back when back then it wasn't uncommon to bring souvenirs back home. Nowadays, the military is really strict, and you cannot bring stuff like that from war. Boo. But the older stuff is very common. <laughs> and India and Indiana is a big state for military anyway. Um, it goes on to say when they found it how and what they did with it. How they transported... Trans- transported? Thank you. Transported, can speak, the bomb to a military base to be destroyed. Jones said that he find, found a lot of interesting things around the home left by the previous owner, such as a mini metal cannon... In this case, he felt fairly safe, but wasn't sure if it had, if the owner had ever gotten a hold of live bombs and wanted to be certain. Um, it, it was pretty sure it wasn't going to be anything serious, but at the same time, you never know, he said. I've heard stories of people finding things, and they can blow up. End of article. Cletus, your pullout game is not strong. <laughs> That's kind of crazy that they'd, he'd find that. <laughs> and even though it wasn't like going to blow up or anything, they still 
have to take it to the military base and destroy it. I mean, it's kind of destroying history in a way. So what they're saying is that they had to pull out and ruin it? <laughs> yeah. That's what she said. He pulled it out, and then they took it from him. So I find it interesting in this article how it says, like, as, you know, the older war conflict veterans are starting to pass away and stuff, that more of this stuff is being found. Yeah. Justin, can you imagine oh. what they're going to find when we get to that point? I have no comment. I'm not confirming or denying anything, but it, <laughs> that whole section in the article where they're like, oh, it's so much harder to bring stuff home from the war conflicts nowadays. Well, it is. There's ways around it. I'm not. Yeah. Randolph. But we're not going to talk about it. You leave Randolph out of this. Hey, Randolph guards me and protects me, okay? Randolph T. Rock. Yes. He protects me, doesn't he? Yes. Okay. Randolph is still posted guard. Yes. Even after all this time. Yes, he does have a CIB. Just saying. And he still hates officers. And Mr. It out there. <laughs> Except for Lieutenant Cody. Yeah. Or Captain Cody. Captain Cody. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but no, it's it's kind of crazy that they're finding all these type of war memorial pieces and they're just destroying them in a way. I mean, well, I mean, you don't really want to have, you know, bombs hanging out. <laughs> no, but like, they said bomber, it's not... It pulled out and still got blown. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to do it. That's a good way to do it, really. Good. Yeah. So, but no, seriously, though, I mean, it, it's... You find stuff like that, you know, there's... You know, it's like it was back when... Take Iraq as an example. The early years, the first couple of years of that, oh my God, there was so much crap being sent home and smuggled out and everything before customs decided to say, all right, all right, all right, guys, time. We can't keep taking all this shit out of here. I saw so many bayonets and everything, you know, bayonets and helmets and currency and other crap getting smuggled out. I was just like, whoo, okay. What do you think I was referring to? Yeah. Uh, like, there, there are some items that I would say i'm not going to name names you know but there's ways to get stuff out and i'm not going to say how but right. I, I have bayonets i have currency and our iraq deployment was in 09 yep exactly so, so but anyhow so sorry to interrupt you there miss Mariah. you got anything else on that story or no all right I'm closing it out all righty well, that closes that portion out of the news. So what do you say we go ahead and jump into our last segment known as Dummy of the Week? I'll spell it for you. D-U-M-M-Y. Shut up, dummy. You big dummy. For every man, there's a woman. And for every dummy, there's a dummy. Dummy. And now, your Dummy of the Week on BB Nation Radio. All right, well, normally I'm the one that does Dummy of the Week, but this week, the lady next to me, Mariah, take it away. Uh, never mind. What? Go ahead. What were you going to say? What were you going to say? No, all good. No, Continue what? Continue on. Moving right along. Nope. Moving right along. Nope, it's paused. What's up? <laughs> what, what? What? Well, I wasn't sure which way you pointed. If you pointed that way to the lady next to you or that way... You pointed the other way at okay, first. Did, yeah. did I? Yeah. 
No, I went like this. I was using my thumb, pointing that way. Oh, okay. I was just checking. Oh, my God. Wow. Dude. Sorry, I got to interrupt for a second. Eric just chimed in in the comments. Wait till they dig through Greenleaf's man cave and find the oh, blue painted cylindrical objects with pins that he brought home. <laughs> <laughs> Called out. Oh my god! Wow. Kind of called out, but not. No, that was straight up called him the. Out. Oh, that's amazing. I heard that. He does have a point. Yeah, he does. Eric does point. He does, but I want to get. I want to get drop names or nothing. But no, Eric, love you, brother. Which, by the way, you gotta send us a message. Let let us know how that. uh, how that Sima was, so I'm jealous still. Right? Oh, the ladies are hashtagging Snuggle Struggle Uh-oh. 2019. All what right. is this bloody Snuggle Struggle crap? I'll tell it's you something. guys after the show. Right? Okay. Go ahead. Go on. All right. So for your dummy of the week, possession charge against Georgia Southern quarterback Shea Wirtz dropped after discovery that. Bird poop wasn't cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Cocaine. (laughs) A possession charge against Georgia Southern Southern quarterback Shanna Wirtz has been dropped after police determined that was not cocaine and a substance that Wirtz claimed was bird poop. Authorities in the Clinton County, South Carolina, pulled warts over for speeding on July 31st. Where they approached the car, police say, or police saw a substance on the hood of Wart's Dodge Charger that tested positive for cocaine. That had been one hell of a hyped-up bird. (laughs) And a test conducted in the field. Wart's attorney, William Tower Jones IV, released a statement to ESPN regarding the incident. Upon thorough review of the report... The dash cam and body cam deputy solicitor Elliger Ergel Ergel <laughs> and I made the tra- made the charge should be appropriately dismissed. So- solicitor Rick Herbert said in a statement, "The charge lacks p- prosecutorial." Prosec- prosecutorial merit and the evidence of insufficient for the state to proceed. The charges were officially dismissed on Thursday, August 8th, 2019. <laughs> uh, my phone's trying to load the rest of it. Uh, video. There's a video of what happened with the officer. If we have time, we can play at the end. In the video, you can see the conversation between Warts and one of the officers who pulled him over. Quote, what is the white stuff on the front of your hood, oh, man? Yeah. The officer can be heard once Warts was put in the police car. Quote, bird shit, he responded. That ain't bird shit, the officer responded. I promise you, that is bird doo-doo, Warts said. I promise you, that's it's not because I just tested it and it turned pink, the officer replied. You can see it on the windshield, Warch said. The conversation continued to go back and forth, back, continued in the back of the police car. When the officers suggested quickly it was cocaine, Warch continued to plead. I tried to clean it last night at the gas station, he said. What is it, pink? 
Um, Wartz is will still face the charge of speeding, but is relatively minor considering there wasn't enough proof that the bird poop was actually cocaine. <laughs> as, as was intentionally reported by the officer involved in the case. Wartz has a big part in the Georgia Southern's offense during his first two seasons of the program. Goes on to tell you what he did each season. Well, his stats were, yeah. His stats and everything. That's hilarious. That is so colossally retarded. In the video on this, if Josh could post up, you could actually hear them going back and forth with their conversation about how, no, it's bird poop and everything. And how can you mistake <laughs> bird poop for cocaine? Isn't cocaine white and powdery usually? Bird poop's not? <laughs> Cletus says... Uh, did not show any control substance, so... Uh... It was not cocaine. That's the voice of Al Ergel, deputy solicitor for the 11th District Circuit, hours after a possession of cocaine charge against Georgia Southern quarterback Shy Wirtz was dropped. What we look at from a prosecutor's viewpoint is the ability to go into a courtroom and to prove our case beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, and in this case, it, the, the evidence just wasn't there to support that. Wirtz was pulled over, arrested, his vehicle searched the night of July 31st in Saluda County, South Carolina. Wirtz initially pulled over for speeding. However, the traffic stop quickly turned into a drug possession case when deputies oh, stick him right next to the dog. Yep. <laughs> Law enforcement on the scene tested the substance, and according to the police report, it tested positive for cocaine twice using field test kits. While being questioned, Wirtz pleading his case, saying it was bird poop. What's the white stuff on the front of your hood, man? Bird. Bird. Yeah. That ain't bird. I promise you that's bird doo doo. I promise you it's not though. I swear to God it's bird doo doo. Well, I swear to God it's not because I just tested it and that turned pink. You can see it on the windshield. That's not bird poop. I swear to God that's bird doo doo. That's not bird poop. I, sw I swear to that's God. A that's a lot of bird. I tried to clean it last night at the gas station. You can still, I can still wipe it off. It's bird doo doo. Okay. I, like, All right. Okay. All right. I don't, I don't. What's it? What? What, what is it pink? <laughs> was it bird poop? Not sure, but it certainly wasn't a controlled substance. As of now, the only charge Wirtz is facing is for speeding. <laughs> All right, that that is stupid. Yeah. That is stupid. Okay. It, seriously, it's on the hood. He's driving down the road, right? Yeah. Why is it going to be on the hood if he's trying to, like, stash coke? And wouldn't it blow off? Well, even if it was residue from snorting it off the hood, they... When you snort cocaine, you snort all the cocaine off of it. Really? Like, Tell us more, John. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Virgil Moore, Dookie Snooter. Yeah, I'm just saying, though. So, like, th think about this, though. How many times have they used those stupid test kits or whatever? And how many times has it, you know, could there have been a problem with those test kits if bird shit can turn maybe the, the test kit pink yeah maybe the test bird, positive for coke maybe the bird got into some coke that's what i'm that's saying what the was. bird had a hell of a party night man I mean, you know i'm not i'm not necessarily condoning you know coke use or anything like yeah. that but i'm just, just saying too expensive i mean what but yeah something it, like that <laughs> i don't know 
That's why Cletus East comments, Cross, no, it's new. Nobody who, Team 30 replies, nobody who wins the lottery says they're going to blow it on hookers and bird shit. <laughs> Jay Lopez, damn bird got him caught up. <laughs> to be like, please don't test her titties. <laughs> Cletus, I can tell you more. <laughs> Would you like to know more? <laughs> I bet he can. Uh, no comment. <laughs> Anyhow. So, is that all you had for us tonight there, Miss Mariah? That is it on Dummy of the Week. All righty. Well, thank you very much for that one, Miss Mariah. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and start doing our roundtable closing out thoughts. We got about a little less than eight minutes left in the show. So, Josh, what do you got for us, brother? Well, as always, uh, make sure uh, you're getting out getting out of the house, you know, doing, uh, doing something with... Uh, with your friends, family, you know, be it uh, going up camping, hitting the river, doing swimming, fishing. I mean, there's there's stuff that'll cost you next to nothing. There's stuff that'll cost you, you know, five, ten bucks to go do. Uh, but uh, get out there and get something done, man. And, uh, you know, get a, get a line wet. Go out. Shit, hunting season's coming up. Get out there hunting. Go scout. Yeah. Scouting, that's cheap. Just cost you fuel or, you know, if you ride with a buddy, it costs them fuel. So it doesn't cost you anything. And munchies. Perfect. Oh, munchies. Yeah. yeah. You got to yeah. have sweet tea yeah. and munchies. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. So, yeah, it costs you like $5. Or yeah. tree fitty. That, ooh, tree fitty. Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you, Josh. John, what do you got, brother? Uh. So pretty much the same thing, just to echo what Josh said. Get up, get out of the house. Not on Sunday nights. Watch us, obviously. Your uh, Sunday night entertainment. Um, I want to give a thank you to uh, Jade uh, for the um, story for the outdoor segment this evening. And also to Dean. Um, I know you wanted to talk about a piece that you had talked to me about. Um we unfortunately ran out of time this evening. We'll do it. We'll get to it next week. Uh, I promise, brother. So with that, please send me your stuff that you want to see featured on the show, and we will do our best to make sure that it gets featured on the show. What is going on? I don't know, but my headset just suddenly got a lot louder. Ah. Yeah, about that. It's like way loud. loud all right. That's okay. I'm not complaining. I like Anyways. it. Well, all right. Regardless, um, yeah, so get up, get out there, get out of your own head, get out in the outdoors, have some kind of awesome adventures, and uh, again, if you have anything you want to see, send it my way. We'll feature it on the show. There you go. Mariah, what do you got, your uh, your final thoughts for tonight? Um, like everyone else said, get out and everything. I'm not going to beat that down, but we do have our local fair for us this next week there's a bunch of local fairs yep. coming up beginning of september we have the oregon state fair if you're in the area or anything that's something else that you can go do get out whether you want to go with friends or family or something it might cost a little bit but it's something that you can do to get out um you can see the animals and there's different activities concert things and all that at the oregon state fair i know of or clackamas county rodeo is coming up too so that we're, i'm going to that one <laughs> for sure um anyways it's gonna be fun so don't forget about your animals while you're out and about in the heat, wherever you are. Um, I always preach that because a lot of people forget about them. 
if you're seeking shelter and shade, make sure your animals have that as well. Um, also, stay hydrated yourself and share a smile with somebody. You wouldn't be surprised of how opening a door for a stranger at the grocery store or something or sharing a smile might change their day. So, with that, everyone have a great week. All righty. Well, thank you, Miss Mariah. Do appreciate that. Uh, anyhow, so while I'm going off on my final thoughts, I apologize. I made a promise to somebody that I had something that I was going to throw in for signs of headlines this week, and I totally forgot it, and I promised him we'd put it on tonight. So, Josh, I just sent you that picture, that fail. Yeah, tr- try again. Sorry. Uh, Attachment unavailable. What? Oh. No, it, it's going to have to go next week, buddy. Yep, I guess it'll have to go next week. So, all right, we'll, we'll try it then. So, anyhow, with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, like these guys have all said, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to piggyback anymore what they already have. <laughs> but don't take a permanent solution to a temporary issue. You know, the only way to go is up when you're at rock bottom. So things do get better. Uh, get out. Don't be, you know. Don't be a dummy. Th- go on her tummy. Yeah. <laughs> don't, get, don't get trapped in your own head and your own four walls. So, you know, there, there's more to life out there than what's beyond uh you know best piece of advice i can give going forward from here on out is hey just because our time in the service has come to an end for those that have gotten out uh in uniform under contract is over doesn't mean life is life keeps going so with that being said find your next mission and take the initiative and absence and orders and push forward do what you got to do and make something of it you know, life, life is a great mission. It's all what you make it. So be kind to yourself, be kind to others. And uh, with that being said, be sure to tune in tomorrow night at 7 o'clock Eastern for one of the final episodes of T5 Radio. They are coming to an end here uh, on the 23rd of September. So they're going to be closing up shop. So don't miss out on that. So with that being said, Thank you again to our sponsors or their Warrior Point as well as Eric's Armory and Eric'sArmory.com. And we will talk to you guys. Well, I will talk to you all on Tuesday night on the Fence Line Country. And until then, we will see you all next Sunday night right here on BB Nation Radio, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. Have a good night and have a good week. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of BB Nation Radio right here on VRS. Thank you.